sometimes we ought to be very careful with saying that it's the devil. Sometimes we ought to be very careful with saying that that person is just wicked. Sometimes we have to be very careful with just saying that, hey, you know, everybody's just against you. Sometimes the reason why you're alone is because God has ordained you to be alone for this specific time because he has some good works that are going to come from that. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Iheke. Um, Yeah, welcome to episode 140. Thank you guys for rocking this long. I... You know, every time I see the 100 in front of it, it's just really crazy to me. Um, has it been? Yeah, well, it's been well over two years. And then I think on uh, in June, in June, it's going to make three years we've been doing this, which, wow, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But here we are. If, you're, if this is your first time watching, welcome to Church Boy Confessions Podcast. Um, I really do love you guys. I really appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. And I, I so much appreciate when you guys reach out and let me know that there was something that God said, God used me to say on this podcast that could have had some type of impact on you. So I really appreciate that. Episode 140. Once again, we're in this hot room. Um, the weather's starting to get warm up um, here in San Diego, California. So you're going to see me refer to this place as the hot room much more often again. Um, but nevertheless, I do have an amazing topic that I want to talk to you guys about, and it's definitely something that I need for myself right now. Um, as of recent, I feel like, you know, life has just been very dull. I think that's the best way to say it. it's very constant, it's very dull. It's definitely a lot of things for me to thank God about. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I find myself um, not really having a social life and um, for multiple reasons. Um, but a lot of it has to do with how busy I've been. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind. The grind is not fun, bro. Like, I hate when people talk about the grind, like, oh, you got to grind. Like, they, they make it seem like it's, like, it's, uh, I don't know, like, they, they take pride in it. Well, you could take pride in it, but, like, I just feel like a lot of the rhetoric that we use to describe the grind nowadays like makes it seem like it's enjoyable anyway but it is not enjoyable and I feel like for people who brag about grinding it's like are you actually grinding because I just feel like when you actually are committed to like the hustle or the grind or whatever you realize that life is not fun and you honestly don't know how long you can keep it up and you know what I'm saying you definitely have to find that balance and I'm in the I'm in the process of trying to find that balance um but before I get to you know this entire episode i do want to um say once again april 4th which is in what a couple weeks or three weeks or something like that we're going to be having our oh sorry two weeks two weeks april 4th monday we're going to be having um our bible study once again we had an amazing bible study at the top of this month and we're going to be having another one the sign up is up right now um it's in the link in the youtube link i'm sorry the youtube description um, we're going to put a link in our bio on Instagram as well. So you can go there now. You can sign up for the Bible study. It's on Google Meet. So when you sign up, we'll send you the um, the uh, Google Meets uh, link in your email. And for everybody that signed up last time, we're going to send you this one as well. Um, and, you know, that's how we're going to do it. So, yeah, I hope you guys show up April 4th, 530 Pacific time. 
um, which is the first Monday of April, and we're gonna we're gonna get it in. I, I love it. The Bible study is really really great, um, and I, I think it could really be beneficial and, and edify you a lot. All right. And secondly, the same announcement as last week. We are officially a five hundred one c three now, which means that you all of your donations are tax deductible. So if you feel led at any time during this episode, any time during the week, at any point in time at all, and you would like to sow a seed um into this ministry, we so much welcome that, and we would love for you to consider donating at www.unnecessassociated.com slash donate. Um, and I will say that, you know, from the donation that we have received, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I might not know you personally, but you have blessed this person's life. And I appreciate you so much. Like you don't understand. I appreciate you so, so, so much. It means so much to me. All right. Um, all right, cool. But let's <laughs> before before we start getting all all mushy or whatever, let's get to this episode. All right. Um, in the past, I forgot what episode exactly it was, but I think it was a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, that I talked about loneliness, right? And I I said there was three reasons why we're lonely. Like some re- sometimes some ah sorry sometimes it's because you know we don't have friends anymore. Right. And I talked about friendships and I talked about, you know, how we shouldn't be judgmental and also about how the light in us can be repulsive to other people. Um, And then I also had two other reasons that I didn't get to in that episode that I said I would circle back to later. Um, And one of those reasons was because um, because sometimes God cuts things off from you, whether it's people or whether it's uh, certain situations and whatnot. And I was going to talk about that one, but I feel like Kendra kind of hit it on the nail in her last episode. Um, I believe believe it's episode 95, which is the episode from this past uh, Wednesday. So shout out to Kendra, Create with Kendra, episode 95. I believe it's called Jesus is the True Vine. Go check that out. And she talked about um, the second part to to the lesson that I was going to talk about. So it's really one reason left that I want to talk about, you know, why we're lonely. A lot of us Christians are lonely. Um, and it's because God isolates us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that anybody who is a believer and who has been called to ministry or called to um, some type of service have has experienced this. Or even if it was just for a short season, we've experienced some type of season of isolation. Right. Um, and I see this multiple times in the Bible. Right. Sometimes it's pure isolation. Close this drawer. Sorry. Sometimes it's pure isolation, like absolutely pure isolation when there's just simply nobody around us but God. Um, but then there's also an isolation where it's like you have people around you, but you still feel isolated, you know, like and, and I hope that that can be communicated to people like there's some type of isolation where it's like you still feel lonely even though you might have people around you but just because you've been socially ostracized or you have been kind of like seen as an outcast or something like that you still feel isolated and i think to encompass all forms of isolation and all forms of loneliness that we might feel i think the better term to use in this episode is not isolation but is separation, all right? Because you can be separated physically, you can be separated emotionally, socially, and so on. So we're going to use the word separation in this episode. Um, a lot of us are separated. We are separated from the things that we feel like we're supposed to be doing or people we're supposed to be around and so on. And in these seasons of separation, um, a lot of the time it doesn't feel good, right? Um, we see it many times in the Bible. We see it many times in our own lives. And the point that I want to get through today 
is that when I see separation in the Bible, I recognize that separation precedes a many defining moments in life. That's what separation. There are seasons of separations that different people in the Bible have encountered. And it just always seems to be that this season of separation um, precedes a defining moment of life or it precedes their destiny. Um, but we're going to break that down. Ultimately, the point of this episode is during our time of separation, it's not the time to sulk in our loneliness, but instead it is a time for us to be matured. I had a season of separation. Um, it was in the winter of 2019. Now, my season of separation, it wasn't me sulking in loneliness, at least not that much. I actually had a really good time. So, uh, winter of 2019. Did I say winter or summer? Winter of 2019. I was in Washington, D.C. I was in the program for my school, and it was an amazing program, UCDC. If, if you go to UCLA or whatever other schools that are part of that, um, I definitely recommend it. I, lo I love D.C. Um, D.C. actually holds a special place in my heart for things that I'm going to talk about in this episode. But, you know, this season of separation for me, it wasn't like it wasn't like super depressing. Right. I, I did have my sister like who's Nancy shout out to Nancy out there with me as well and then I had my actual sister who literally fed me and took care of me and did everything for me out there but for the most part I would still consider this a separation of um a season of separation because I was separated from my family and separated from my friends separated from the place where I live um and it was definitely kind of felt like some isolation at different points you know what I'm saying um, but you know, I, I had a good time, but then there would be those moments where I miss my mom, I miss my dad, I miss my friends. Um, and when I went to DC, I kind of, you know, was praying that God let me do something in DC that people back home hear about and they're proud about, you know what I'm saying? And, and that was my vision. It was, it wasn't a detailed vision, but I know that I wanted to go to DC and I wanted to do something that was super big that people back home would be able to hear about, you know? Um, unfortunately that did not happen, <laughs> but something did happen. Something did happen. Um, and I'm going to get to it at some point in this episode of what happened to me in DC. But like I said, the point of this episode is to prove to you that the separation season of separation that you have in your life is not a time to soak, but it is a time to be matured. Um, and let's, let's go to the Bible. Let's talk about different people in the Bible. Now, this season of separation, I see this theme in many people in the Bible, but I think I wanted to, for this episode, I wanted to highlight two people. And the first person I wanted to highlight was Joseph. Joseph, you see this story in Genesis towards the end of Genesis, right? Um, Joseph was one of the sons of Jacob. Um, and he, his story basically starts out with him having a vision, a dream from God that he's going to be a ruler and his brothers are going to bow down to him. His family's going to bow down to him. He's going to be a ruler. All right. Um, his brothers don't like this idea. So they're very envious of him and they sell him into slavery. Right. And this time he is separated from his family. There you go. There's that separation. But guess what? Joseph becomes a slave in the house of Pharaoh. And, you know, as he's as he's a slave, he ends up having so much favor on him that he becomes a top slave. And now he's the boss of all the other slaves. Right. Then, unfortunately, Pharaoh's wife uh, lies on him. And um, yeah, like, you know, they toss him in prison and now he's in prison. But then even though he was in prison, he also you know, had jurisdiction over other prisoners in prison because he had favor over him 
there as well. But while he was in prison and while he's being sold into slavery, we see this theme of separation that he's separated from, you know, his family and he's separated from the position that he once had. Um, so he's in prison. He becomes the head of the prisoners, like it says in Genesis chapter 39, verse 22, or at least he's given a certain jurisdiction, a certain authority. Um, and what happens while he's in prison is that he's in he's in the king's prison, the pharaoh's prison. Right. So then what that means is that um, this is where like the king, pharaoh, whatever, uh, send their like personal prisoners. So while he's in prison, there's this other uh, king's servant that comes to prison as well. And he has a dream to which Joseph interprets that dream for the servant. And that that servant of the king, right, then ends up being released from prison much earlier than Joseph was. And ultimately, like years pass, unfortunately, and then the Pharaoh has a dream. And then the servant says, oh, yo, there was this one person that I met in prison that also had a dream as well, like that could interpret dreams. We should get him and, you know, he can interpret your dream for you. So that ends up happening. Um, and in Genesis chapter 41, so in verse 25, 36, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream and because of that, Pharaoh then sees it wise to award Joseph with being pretty much second in the kingdom, second in authority to the Pharaoh over all of Egypt, um, which ultimately is a fulfillment of the vision that Joseph was given. That's the story of Joseph. All right. That story like spans through three chapters. I was not going to read it on this episode, so I hope that, that was clear enough. But if you would like to read that in more detail, I believe you can start at uh, Genesis chapter 39 all the way to Genesis chapter, really to the end of Genesis. But the point of uh, this this episode to chapter 41. All right. So we look at Joseph's story. We see that, you know, it starts off. He has this vision, but then like he. He suffers through slavery and then he suffers through being imprisoned, right? Which I kind of symbolize as him being separated from his family and then being separated from his position, right? So then that leads to him interpreting a dream and another dream. And ultimately, the interpretation of those dreams lead to his rulership and the fulfillment of his vision. Okay, stay with me. We go from separation to a defining moment, to destiny. Slavery and imprisonment, interpretation of the dream, to rulership. Separation to a defining moment, to destiny. That is a story that I see in Joseph. Now, let's continue. Let's find somebody else. So far, we see that separation preceded his destiny. Let's go to David. David... You know the story of David? He became king of Israel, but he eventually became the king of Israel, right? He was anointed to be king um, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, but we realize that there was a long period between the time that David was anointed to be king and when he actually became king, right? So immediately after being anointed to be king, what happened? David goes back to being the shepherd boy, right? Ultimately, we see through scripture that David is the outcast of his family, now, maybe I wouldn't go as far to say that David was in complete isolation and solitude, but I would say that he was separated in the sense where he was not someone that his family would take pride in. He was someone who was overlooked and, over, and, un, and misunderstood. 
David was someone who um, was an outcast of his family. And there are many of us who feel lonely, not because we are in complete solitude and because we are isolated, but it's because we are overlooked and misunderstood by our family. We actually tend to have a lot in common with David. We feel lonely not because there's nobody around us. We feel lonely because everybody around us overlooks us and misunderstands us. And David was this person, right? So he gets anointed as king, but then he goes back to being the shepherd boy. But then eventually comes a time where he is faced with killing Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He was not a soldier. The only reason why he was at the battlefield was to give food to his brothers who were soldiers because daddy told him to. And then he volunteered to face Goliath. But before facing Goliath, David said something that was very important and that's going to tie this entire lesson together. In 1 Samuel 17, starting at verse 34, it says, but, save it, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. All right. So as David is recounting this story, the purpose of him recounting the story of him shepherding, right, was really to tell Saul and everyone that was around was that, hey, I killed the lion, I killed the bear. And because I killed the lion, I killed the bear, I know that I can kill Goliath. Ultimately, the story that David got from his experience in being literally the outcast, separated from his family, shepherding, being the shepherd boy, is what gave him the confidence to know that God's going to give me the strength to beat Goliath because he gave me the strength to beat the lion and the bear. So when we look at David's story, we see a similar theme where he goes from being the outcast of his family, being left out of the selection process to be a king by his dad, not being in the army, being the shepherd boy in the field. He goes from that to being, being the person that defeated Goliath. He goes from defeating Goliath to his name being known all over Israel and being the king of Israel. So once again, we see this theme of season of separation or maybe season of ostracization, season of being the outcast, to a defining moment in defeating Goliath, to the destiny in being the king of Israel. Once again, the separation preceded the destiny. Separation, defining moment, destiny, or more generally, separation comes before destiny comes before something that's greater. That's what we see many times in Scripture. This is not the only time that we see these things in Scripture. This is something that we see elsewhere. Paul was separated when he wrote the epistles that we read today, right? Some of them, he was actually just in prison by himself or in house arrest, right? And he writes these epistles that we read today, which really stands as the foundation of our knowledge of what Jesus did for us. Jesus was separated in the wilderness before he started his ministry. Remember, he was, he was led in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil. He was all, he, Jesus commonly also separated himself to pray, right? He separated himself in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray um, right before he got arrested. 
right? To, to literally be crucified for our sins. Moses was separated in the wilderness, right? Wasn't he out there for like 40 years before the burning bush story? So we see this constant theme throughout scripture, separation, a season of separation preceding something greater. All right. Yet we perceive separation as a bad thing. That's what we do. We, we think that separation is a bad thing because we feel lonely and we feel sad and we feel scared for the future. And there's so much obscurity, right? Uh, but when we see it in scripture, we recognize that separation is a precursor for somebody stepping into their destiny. It happened to, to Joseph. It happened to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It happened to, to Moses when he was in the wilderness before the burning bush. It happened to these people. Scripture shows us that the season of separation, for many of us, it's a season of isolation, is what is a precursor to stepping into our destiny. But we don't actually believe Scripture, and that's the problem. You see, we don't actually believe it because if we actually did believe Scripture, we wouldn't view our season of separation and isolation as a time to sulk in our loneliness and a time to sulk in our emotions. Instead, we would see this as a time to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord, to keep, our, to keep our ears open, our hearts open, our Bibles open, our knees on the floor in, in the posture of prayer. And all we do is just be waiting on God, tell, telling us, you know, what, what do you want us to do? Even if it's a menial task, we do it. That's what it seems like we ought to do in this time of separation. In these times where we don't have a social life. In these times when we are overlooked and misunderstood by the people around us, in these times of loneliness, in these times of isolation, that's what it looks like we're actually supposed to be doing based on scripture. Because separation commonly precedes a defining moment in life that then catapults us into our destiny. Separation isn't fun, but it you know, it isn't a bad thing either. Just because it ain't fun don't mean it's not a bad, that it's a bad thing. What I see is that separation is a maturing process. Maturing processes commonly are not fun, but they are needed, right? Now, look, look at Joseph's story, for example. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you why separation is a, is a, um, is a maturing process. You see, Joseph gets sold into slavery, right? So he's separated from his family. And then he also gets put into prison. So he's separated from his position, right? But then guess what? Like one thing that I see throughout Joseph's story, right? Is that in these times where he's separated, Ultimately, his story leads to him being a ruler because God gave him the vision to be a ruler, right? That's what God said. You're going to be a ruler. He revealed that to him and so on. But when you look at Joseph's story and all these seasons of separation, being separated from his family, being separated from his position, you recognize that even in those seasons of separation, guess what? He was a slave that ruled over the other slaves and managed them. He was the prisoner that ruled over the other prisoners and managed them. So what I see in the story of Jacob is when we connect the dots, we recognize that this entire season of separation that Joseph was, was experiencing, God was still using 
these times to prepare him for ultimate rulership. God was giving him practice. Practice with ruling over the other slaves. Practice with ruling over the other prisoners. So then when I call you to this position of being the second in command of all of Egypt, you've already had so much experience with ruling. A season of separation is a season of preparation. Let's go to David. David is a shepherd boy still, even though he's been anointed to be king. But as he's shepherding, the lion comes and the bear comes and he kills the lion and the bear. He defeated things that he wasn't supposed to be able to defeat. So when the time came for the all of Israel to know David's name, because he would kill Goliath, he knew that, look, just like I defeated the lion, just like I defeated the bear, I'm going to defeat this Philistine as well. I've defeated things that I wasn't supposed to defeat before because I know the power of God is upon me. And this time is going to be no different. The season of separation, the season of being the outcast for David was a season of preparation because it was in that time. That he was faced with practice. God gave him practice. Here's practice with the lion. Here's practice with the bear. And now is a defining moment that's going to catapult you into your destiny. You're going to kill Goliath. Separation is for preparation. Separation is a maturing process. These people who encountered seasons of separation in the bible these are people that learned in the times of preparation that matured in the times of preparations that prepared in the times of separation these are people that coached that were coached in the time of separation they experienced god's favor in the time of separation could it be that that's why God has separated you from your friends and from your family? Could there be a reason why God has separated you from certain positions and the limelight and social life? You know what I'm saying? Could it be that God is trying to mature you and grow you and tell you things and he just wants to make sure that there are no distractions and no disruptions, you know? Could it be that that's the reason why he's separated you from so much? But unfortunately, there's still something that is distracting you, and that's your own emotions, and that's you sulking in your loneliness. And your loneliness continues to be a distraction to the preparation period that God has for you. He didn't isolate you for you to just feel lonely. No, 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 no. There's a purpose. We don't serve a vain God, ladies and gentlemen. There's reasons why he does certain things. There are some people that might have walked out of your life and you think, why did this happen? There are some things that happen in our life. And sometimes we ought to be very careful with saying that it's the devil. Sometimes we ought to be very careful with saying that that person is just wicked. Sometimes we have to be very careful with just saying that, hey, you know, everybody's just against you. Sometimes the reason why you're alone is because God has ordained you to be alone for this specific time because he has some good works that are going to come from that. Some real destiny moments that are going to come from that. It's not, we're not talking, this is not the devil. 
Forget about him. It's not because that person was just rude and mean. Because God has ordained you to be alone, quotation marks, in this time because he needs it to be you and him. Or he needs to prepare you for something that's coming because what's coming is that defining moment. What's coming is that destiny moment. He needs to prepare you. So then you realize that this time of separation and isolation is not a time to soak in your loneliness. But you should be, uh, where's your notebook? Because God's going to start talking. Why is your Bible closed? Why aren't you going to church? <sighs> Man, don't get me started on that. <laughs> in D.C., you know, um, in D.C., I had the vision, right? I had an idea that I wanted to go out there and I wanted to do something that was so big that everybody else would hear it. And this was my season of separation, right? But that didn't happen. And for a moment, when I, as I was inching towards the time where I would come back home, I was a bit upset because I was thinking to myself, man, nothing happened. I feel like I've wasted my time out here until I started to realize the spiritual growth that God had brought me through the spiritual maturity that he brought me through. And ultimately, the spiritual maturity, because I said something happened when I was in D.C. It might have not been something that everybody heard about back home, but it's something that has defined my life until now and will continue to. What happened in D.C. was that I was put in a position to where it was mostly me and God. And God wanted to tell me certain things. And ultimately, the purpose in God having me isolated, having me separated for that amount of time was that I needed to be convinced of something. And what I needed to be convinced of was that God has called me to do unassociated, period. And I needed to buy in. Unassociated was six months old at that time. And I was doing it. And I was putting a lot of effort in it as well. But as for the future... Eh, it was just it just was what it was. I didn't I didn't have set plans for this to be, you know, it wasn't something that I had fully committed to. There was no church boy confessions back then as well. You know. But on February 28, 2019, I made the decision. I'm here. I'm buying in. And this wasn't a decision that could be made with a whole bunch of people in my ear. You understand what I'm saying? Because one thing that God had to communicate to me was that the calling that he's placed over my life, same like the calling he's placed over your life, it's a theocracy. It's not a democracy. This is not a bunch. Of, this is not something where a whole bunch of people have influence or should have influence or a whole bunch of people vote for what you ought to be doing with your life. The things that God called you to do is the things that he called you to do, not your friends, not your family, not your parents. What God wants you to do is a bigger deal and, and should be absolute, no matter what your parents say, no matter what your friends say, no matter what the circumstances say. And I needed to be in this time of separation, of isolation. Now, in this time, I could have just soaked in the fact that there are those moments where I felt lonely and I missed my family. But instead, what God did was that he helped me to understand that there exactly there definitely was a purpose in my being here. And that purpose was going to be fulfilled before I went back home. And it was fulfilled. 
When I when I literally made that declaration that this is where I'm at. And three years later. Here we still are. Man. By the grace of God. I don't want you sulking in your loneliness to be the reason why you're missing the opportunity in the season of separation. God has you here for a reason. And it could very well be that the reason why you are here is because he has something coming. Finally, what is that thing that you've been praying for? Whatever it might be, he has that thing coming. But there are certain things that he has to, certain certain parts of you that he has to, you know, he, he, he's, he's the craftsman. We are his workmanship. There are certain things that he has to carve out. There are certain things that he has to mold into the right, you know, the right shape. There are certain things that he has to, you know, make sure that you're on track. Make sure that your mind is good. Because sometimes you be, you know what I'm saying? You be on something. And I pray today that whatever that thing is that is distracting you, especially that feeling of loneliness that is distracting you from getting all that you're supposed to get in your season of separation and isolation, I pray that it be cast down in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that God open your eyes and open your ears and open your heart to receive the things that he wants to give you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that all plans of the enemy, mentally, physically, spiritually, that try to hold you down and blind you to what God is doing, shall be cast down in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Say amen. <sighs> God is good, man. You know, I've definitely, full transparency, man, I've definitely, this message was for me. Like, I don't really have a social life right now. And it's been bothering me. Like, ever since the pandemic hit, like, I went from being in college to you know living with my friends literally seeing my friends every day doing things virtually every weekend to doing nothing and then after the pandemic well you know we're starting to open up and stuff like that like i'm an adult i have a job i'm doing school online like it's just it's a lot you know what i'm saying and like i don't i don't really have time to do a lot of things and you know, as I was making this message, I really just thought to myself, like, wow, like I guess this is my season of separation where it's like, yeah, sure, I have my family around me and I love them. But it's just like I feel so separated from so many people and my social life and whatnot. And maybe maybe this is my time to to really open my eyes and open my ears and so on. You know what I'm saying? Like, God forbid I come on this episode and I tell you guys to do something that I'm not doing. But, um, yeah, I, I really do pray. I really do pray. And I guess that was a final prayer as well. <laughs> I, re I really do pray that anything that's keeping us from gaining and receiving everything that God wants to give us in the season of separation be cast down. Um, and I pray that God help us um, and open our hearts and our minds and our eyes, our ears, to whatever that he has to say, to give to us. Um, but yeah, I love you guys. Thank you for this episode. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this space. Um, yeah, I'll see you guys April 4th and next week. Peace.